Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Had an extremely interesting encounter today. And what I'm starting to realize is that some of the best nuggets of life, some of the best prayers that you can ever pray, often comes during times that are the most draining, emotionally exhausting, and mentally zapping. I don't know what it is about being so burdened in your soul that it brings you closer to the Lord. I'm not sure why we get to the nitty gritty and the foundation of what we really need. Like we take off the icing and the sprinkles and we like, God, <laughs> the cake. And we get right to the point. We Because at this point, you only have enough energy. You only have enough know-how to just say, this hurts. It's like you go back to being childlike the way that the Bible wants you to. And you're like, boo-boo, ouch. Like, that's it. That's all I got for you. I'm not going to be like, okay, so what happened was, as I was navigating the earth, I came across this sharp, no, bruh. Ouch, help. <laughs> like you just go back to this is what I need. This is what the issue is. And I can only say it in about maybe 140 characters or less. And so there have been some things that have been happening that has been feeling very heavy, particularly in the workplace. And I remember feeling like you, you ever been somewhere in an establishment or something, and you're like, I could literally feel the shift of negativity. Like something is off. It, it can be an establishment. It can be your class. It can be a relationship, a friendship. But it's definitely, something is definitely different. And we sometimes coin it as, you know, something feels off. Or I, I noticed that this is not the same. And I can't trace back from when it happened. But what you can definitely, definitely put your money on is that something is different. And so I started praying a little bit differently um, first I started speaking differently, not, not really knowing that what I was ultimately getting to is that something needed to change. And then it got to the point that I was like, Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much more I can carry this particular weight. Like it's getting, Ooh, it's getting, let me, let me go ahead and get my foot in right because it's getting heavier. What is going on here? And so if I'm honest with you, it's almost like I was being attacked, but God was giving me the insight above hand. Like he was giving me the pre-knowledge to be like, okay, now this is about to happen. Brace yourself. And I'm like, God, why, why won't you just remove the situation from happening? Why do you have, it's like, mm -mm, it doesn't work that way. Okay, fine. Cool. I'll go ahead and take that. And I knew that it was ordained because God allowed it. And the way that the things continue to align, it was like, hmm. That's really, that's not a coincidence that you would be doing that around this time. It's not a coincidence that I read that in the Bible and now I'm seeing it walked out and illustrated at this particular arena of my life. It's not a coincidence that I'm reading about this or that someone that I'm close to is going through something extremely similar. It's not a coincidence that all of a sudden this feels very much like Pharaoh telling me to make brick with no straw. It's what it was emotionally feeling like. And I don't know what my ancestors' prayers was like the first 300 years. I don't know what their prayer life looked like, you know, 50 years after that. 
I don't know what it was about, you know, 20 some odd years after that, but it was something about that prayer around the 400th year that got God's attention. And I wonder, did it get God's attention because it became too heavy for them? It was one thing to be in slavery. It was another thing to go ahead. Okay, it's hot out here. <laughs> okay, as a matter of fact, it's it's too hot. Okay, uh, the skin is starting to do something different, and I don't like the way it feels. It was another thing to oh, now we got to make bricks. Whew, okay, so you want me to do labor, labor? Oh, <laughs> this is manual. This is not intellectual. Oh, okay, cool. Um, physical exhaustion is going to be a part of this situation. Cool, but it was something about now. Now you're asking me to make bricks with no straw. Oh, that brings on a totally different prayer life. <laughs> that brings on a totally different set of like, yeah, so I'm over it and I'm going to get close to God because if if not, I'm going to be under it. And so something happened in that 400th year that was probably so pure, so so communicated in the spiritual realm that God had no other choice but to be like, they got my attention. Tell them that I heard them. As a matter of fact, I'm about to go get Buddy uh, that's been hiding for 40 years in Miramar. Um, Moses, come here, big baby. I need you to go rescue these grandbabies real quick because, like, mm -mm. it was one thing when you were like, this hurts. I mean, I'm, uh, I can stay out here a little bit longer. I prefer not to. It's another thing when it looks like help. <laughs> Help God. That relationship is getting too much. Help God. This I'm trying to further my education because that's what I feel like you told me to do, but the job is getting too much. Help because I want to be a parent, but the way that the earth is looking, I don't know if I want to birth anything into this. Help God because I got these big dreams, but I got that bank account, so I don't know what's going to happen. Help. It's something when you come to God in a posture where he can look at your soul and be like, mm-mm, that's not what I created. And anything and anyone that's making this look like it's corroded soil doesn't know that I'm the one that breathed life into you so that you can have a soul. And then that's when he gets to fighting. That he'll pull somebody out of their safety zone <laughs> that they were in for 40 years to go rescue somebody that's a group of people who's been praying for me for 400. That he would take someone out of his comfort zone to go rescue people who are uncomfortable. That's the kind of God you serve. And so I'm letting you in on the backstage of my prayer life. Today, I literally said to him, hide me. Hide me in this particular arena of my life. Get me off of Pharaoh's radar. Hide me. And immediately when I said that, I'm not even trying to be spooky, Duke. I'm telling you, I felt extremely light. It was like, oh, because for the first time in my life, I looked at being hidden as a weapon. For the first time in my life, I discovered the beauty of being hidden. I never really looked at hidden in a way that was like, oh, that, that, that's awesome. But then the Holy Spirit had to show me. He said, when man hides something, it's because they're cowering. It's a form of being cowardice. But when God hides something, he's protecting his promise. And I said, well, you're going to have to show me a completely different way of looking at the word hidden because 
now that you said it like that, like I see it different. So I went over there to the bishops at the New Oxford Languages um, and the deacons thereof, and they define hidden as kept out of sight or concealed. What if you started looking at hidden as God is concealing the greatest parts of you? That I have to keep your heart hidden. I know, I know you want to date, but I have to keep your heart concealed. Because if I just let anybody just come in here and start acting like they like you and you giving them all your great parts and you showing them, look, this is all that I prepared for and this, that, and the third. I don't want someone destroying in a year what it took me years to get you to release it took you courage to release your heart where you said, God, I'm done doing it by myself. I'm just going to give you my heart and I'm going to trust that you give it to someone you can trust my heart with. You know what, God, I'm not, mm -mm. I know everybody's dating and they doing stuff real, real fast and they doing stuff that looks like I don't want to be a part of, but I'm going to do something different. So you went ahead and started walking a different dating life. You went ahead and started walking a different work life. You started, you went ahead and started doing things different in your friendships. And you think that God's going to go ahead and allow just anybody to come and corrode that? Ma'am, sir, he will change your number. He would change your mind. He will change whatever he needs to change about you so that they don't change you the whole goal is to make sure that you're not corrupted before the time that he wants to use you and there are so many people who are so zapped from what the past did and what such and such did or may not have done and all these different things that when it's time for you to arrive to the aisle that God finally wants you to walk down you don't have it because now you got trust issues because of what such and such carelessly did. Now, now you know what? You don't even know if you believe in marriage like that. And now you have all these change ideals only because somebody came and carelessly changed it for you. Who were you before that person came in your life? Who were you before that particular circumstance occurred? Who were you before then is what God is trying to conceal. So the next time that you want to be sad about something, because it's not happening as fast, entrepreneurship, your greatest ideas, whatever your thing is, lift off is nothing to God. That's light work. Bro, that's light work. To get you to, to glorify, raise you up to glorify him, it's a win. It's when he wants to go ahead and, and promote that W-I-N. It's the whole goal is not just the W-I-N. The most gruesome and pertinent part of all of this is W-H-E-N. But we want the win, the I-N, so bad that we're not even factoring in that he's like, not yet. <laughs> I can make macaroni and cheese any time of the year i'm not doing it in the summer have this house burning up for what like you understand you want it that bad that you're willing to take it when it's out of season you want it that bad that you want to take it when it's premature that's why you got females that stay with dudes because you see potential no it's out of season mama he probably is a great man he's just not that now ask god are you supposed to even be by that in this season stores don't even sell certain things out of season you're not going to find a winter coat in the summer they just don't do that you're not going to find swimming trunks a whole plethora worth in december you're probably not 
You're not going to find certain fruit in the store. It's like, so if a store knows I can't house the wrong things in the wrong seasons, then why don't you understand that I can't entertain things in the wrong season? When are you going to get that? How many heartbreaks and disappointments and frustrations and irritations later do you need to realize, oh, snap. It's not W-I-N. It's W-H-E-N. So he gave you that dream. Okay, it took however many years to manifest, but did it manifest at the right time? Like maybe, just maybe the Bible is right when it says that God has an appointed time for you. Just maybe, hmm? Maybe he already calculated who Moses was going to rescue and what his obedience was going to unlock. And so he could have had Moses go ahead and unlock and, and save that one Hebrew that was fighting and he was like, hey, my brothers, why are you fighting? He could have went ahead and did that. Or God could have went ahead and let him run away for 40 years so that when he did release him back to Egypt, he had a million lives plus that he rescued. You have got to start understanding that God is doing something more prominent in your life than just the basic step one, step two, step three. He is strategic in how he's going to give you your next win. W-I-N. You just need to be patient enough to trust that he's going to do it at the appointed time. W-H-E-N. Okay? And that was for somebody's grandbaby. And I'm going to just keep giving you what the Holy Spirit is giving me. The beauty of being hidden. The beauty of being concealed. That man hides things as a form of cowardice. But God does it because it aligns with his promise. There's nothing wrong with being concealed. I thought about Mary. And when she was pregnant. And the fact that she didn't give birth around a whole bunch of birthing mothers. She didn't even give birth in a place that it was even remotely sanitary that he actually had her giving birth in 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 solitude and while the naked eye will look at that like oh man she was isolated maybe she was concealed you want to know why because when the wise men saw the star and they were like oh i think that the um the messiah was born uh the pharaoh and the king at that time was like hey you guys go and then come back and tell me where he is so i can go worship him but the whole time he wanted to kill him so god gave a word to the wise men and told the wise men don't you dare go bad because they want to kill Jesus and they were like cool I'm going to be obedient and so guess what he stayed hidden he stayed hidden all the times that when Jesus was starting his ministry and the crowd was trying to go ahead and plot different ways to kill him the Bible continuously says and he hid in the crowd when he went ahead, Jesus, and, and healed that blind man from seeing, and they were like, bro, who healed you? And then he, he was like, I don't know, I just some dude. And he had, like, the, the hair with wool and stuff, I don't know. And he was like, okay, so if you don't know, let me call your parents real quick. And so they brought their parents and was like, you know this man? It was like, yeah. It's like, who's that? That's somebody's grandbaby? Who's grandbaby? That's my son, I guess. You know, well, what happened? I don't know. All I can tell you is that he was blind, but now he sees. Well, who healed him? You're going to have to ask him because everybody was scared to admit, oh, my gosh, it was Jesus. And so when they went ahead and, and, and finally try to point him out the bible says that jesus disappeared in the crowd he was hidden mm. 
when the Pharaoh went ahead and said, you know what? Every Hebrew boy that is born that is male, I want you to throw him in the Nile River. <laughs> I want to go ahead and kill the very thing that is probably going to overpower me. And it starts with the boys. So let's go ahead and throw him out. Yeah, God went ahead and said, mm, no, I'm going to have Moses' mother look down at him, say something different about him. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to keep him hidden. I want you to start seeing the beauty of being hidden. Because every time that I think about the, the, the part about being hidden is because it came with foreknowledge. Telling the wise men, don't go back. Pharaoh wants to kill Jesus. Cool. Now I know what to do. Tell, telling Joseph, uh-uh, mm-mm, don't take Mary and the boy there because um, somebody wants to kill him. Go that way. Oh, okay, cool. Um, um, t- telling, telling the nurses that was near and, and there while Moses' mother gave birth, where they were like, mm-mm, this child, don't listen. So when you're hidden, God always has transplants, (laughs) people that he purposely puts in alignment to support why he wanted it hidden in the first place. Because God only hides what he has, what he sees value in. There was value in Moses. Imagine if he would have been in the Nile River, then who would have parted the Red Sea? Who would have done all the miraculous things? Would, would there have been any Exodus chapters? Because Moses is deep in these in these Bible streets, right? What would have happened if the wise men would have been, you know, rule followers and they went back because Pharaoh said to go back and he said, hey, you know what? Mary's over there in that manger. Like, what would have happened? Like, you fumbled a bag that bad, wise men? That now, now the only begotten, sorry, there's no more sons after this. The Bible says that Jesus is God's only begotten son. So if this is not handled with care, we're all doomed, sir. Okay, We're doomed is what's happening here. But then when I started thinking a little bit deeper into this, into the whole hidden, <laughs> the beauty in being hidden, the Holy Spirit reminded me of David hiding in a cave. And that's where he had to remind me it's not cowardly to hide. If it's a part of protecting God's plan. So I said, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to go ahead and show me. He said, absolutely. I want you to go ahead and go to 1 Samuel 23. Now, the thing about this is that it's hilarious to me because there's so much in here. It's rich. Read your Bible. I ain't going to judge you. Um, David had this whole plan of protecting this particular town. And I believe the pronunciation is Kyla. And he had this whole thing where he was like, look, there were Philistines in this town. <laughs> they were stealing from, you know, where they wasn't supposed to be stealing from. And David was over it. But the beauty about it is that David asked God, like, should I go attack them? And God was like, yep, go ahead, go ahead and do what needs to be done. But the people who were with David were afraid. And so God, he had to go, David had to go back to God. Like, I, I heard you, but I want to make sure that I heard you, heard you. Um. We're supposed to go to the land. And he was like, yes, that's what I said, right? And so it was like, okay. So then in the midst of that, because this was still around the time that Saul was chasing David and he doing that whole thing, it's like, bro, will you just like, will you give up? Saul was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. What amazed me is that in 1 Samuel 23, when the men came back and told Saul where David was, listen to what Saul says in verse 7. It says, Saul soon learned that David was at Kila. Good, 
he exclaimed. We've got him now. God has handed him over to me, for he has trapped himself in a walled town. And I stopped. And I said, how ridiculous that someone can be so entrenched in their own plan that they don't even realize that God is not even in that plan anymore. How ridiculous <laughs> and possibly even sad, may I, may I just go out on the limb and say, that he would actually think that God would trap who God was going to make king. It's amazing to me, and this is what I've been realizing. You ever realize that the person who um, causes you the most grief talks about God also? And so you're looking like, how can you act like that and you a Christian? Mm-mm, don't be shocked. Saul just said in this chapter, I just read you this good grandbaby voice. Saul just said, um, good, God has handed him over to me. Sir, where did you get that confirmation? What Bible you reading? <laughs> what God do you serve? Because um, I'm not sure that we serve the same God. And if we do, you don't hear him like I do. Because that was my first sign. And, and I'm not going to hold you. It, it, it used to trip me up to hear that the person that was causing me the most pain also listened to gospel or they had the silhouette of what a Christian lifestyle would be. But then I realized that there's their silhouette was empty there was nothing inside there was no contents there was no depth to them there was it was oh so I got tripped up in and she acting like this and she's a Christian when you listen I don't care how many things you put on your bumper sticker how many crosses you can draw how many scriptures you can quote the bible says that um depart from me okay uh your heart was far from me so how i'm gonna start looking at people and judging uh how i need to go ahead and maneuver myself and position myself around people is i don't care what you speak i want to see how you treat people and how you act and if it looks dark i'm gonna believe it and if it looks con corrupted i'm gonna believe that too because even Saul thought that God was a part of that plan. And he couldn't have been more wrong. But the hidden part. Same chapter. 1 Samuel 23, right? David had to hide. And it blew my mind. Because I was like, God, why don't you just move the situations, right? Because we pray that a lot. Move the situation. Move me. Add this, subtract that, and we never really, I don't think that we really bask in God hide me. So I want to read First mm, Samuel 23. Let's go to 13. I'm trying to see if I want to read this or if I want, want the Bible app to read you because at this point we all need to be uh, Bible app grandbabies, right? So I think that's what I'm going to do. So 13. Uh, I'm going to let this grandbaby read, and then we're going to come back. So go ahead. So David and his men, about 600 of them now, left Keilah and began roaming the countryside. Word soon reached Saul that David had escaped, so he didn't go to Keilah after all. David now stayed in the strongholds of the wilderness and in the hill country of Ziph. Saul hunted him day after day, but God didn't let Saul find him. One day near Horish, David received the news that Saul was on the way to Ziph to search for him and kill him. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. 
Don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You are going to be the king of Israel, and I will be next to you, as my father Saul is well aware. So the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. Then Jonathan returned home, while David stayed at Horish. But now the men of Ziph went to Saul in Gibeah and betrayed David to him. We know where David is hiding, they said. He is in the strongholds of Horish, on the hill of Hekilah, which is in the southern part of Jeshimon. Come down whenever you're ready, O king, and we will catch him and hand him over to you. The Lord bless you, Saul said. At last someone is concerned about me. Go and check again to be sure of where he is staying and who has seen him there, for I know that he is very crafty. Discover his hiding places and come back when you are sure. Then I'll go with you. And if he is in the area at all, I'll track him down, even if I have to search every hiding place in Judah. So the men of Ziph returned home ahead of Saul. Meanwhile, David and his men had moved into the wilderness of Maon in the Arabah Valley south of Jeshimon. When David heard that Saul and his men were searching for him, he went even farther into the wilderness to the great rock, and he remained there in the wilderness of Maon. But Saul kept after him in the wilderness. Saul and David were now on opposite sides of a mountain. Just as Saul and his men began to close in on David and his men, an urgent message reached Saul that the Philistines were raiding Israel again. So Saul quit chasing David and returned to fight the Philistines. Ever since that time, the place where David was camped has been called the Rock of Escape. David then went to live in the strongholds of Engedi. Let me explain something to you. <laughs> it is so much here, I can't even stay bothered. First of all, did you catch again the fact that Saul thought that uh, that he was a man of God? You're going to literally say in verse 21, the Lord bless you, Saul said. At last, someone is concerned about me. And that gives you all that you need to know about Saul and his plan. When the plan is literally about self-fulfillment, when the plan is selfish, when you want to literally kill somebody for your own gain and create a whole plan that is going to just, empower and bring you up there god is not in that if you want the litmus test to if you're following your plan or if you're following god's god's plan always elevates you but it helps somebody else the plan is always going to be connected to is going to better someone else so i'm sorry saul but your plan to kill david helps nobody it, it he's not where was he a threat to the kingdom? How was he a threat? What you should be chasing is what you got the message at the end. It's the Philistines. God definitely wants you to go ahead and put hands without prayer to people who are doing things in, in the kingdom that uh challenges that. Hence why Goliath had to get that particular set of hands. Okay. And so when your plan is only to glorify you, it always fails. Hence David and Bathsheba. Okay. Yeah, that, that was purely self-fulfillment. Nothing about that was done accurately. And that's a side note. But in this, I want to explain something to you. I don't care who is against you. <laughs> you can't get no higher than king in those particular days. I don't care who puts what against you. The, the When Moses was born, it was a law, a decree to kill all Hebrew boys. I don't care who speaks against you. I don't care who knows about you, some places you may frequent. I don't care how close they think that they're getting to you. God will always have a Jonathan in the midst. 
Shouts out to Jonathan and God placing Jonathan and being able to use Jonathan because you need somebody who sees you the way that God sees you so they can protect the God in you. You need somebody. I don't care how strong you are. David killed a whole Goliath, okay? Rescued a whole uh, freaking county. Okay, I want to be able to say in real time, I'm trying to translate it too, but he rescued a great number of people because he was the only one brave enough to bring down a Philistine. And then here he is now trying to run from his life, from the very person that he saved, the very person who couldn't save his own army. Remember, Saul had to take off his own armor and say, here, David, if you're going to do this thing with Goliath, at least use my particular armor. And David stepped around once or twice. The Bible said he couldn't use that because he wasn't used to it. So what I cannot do, sir, and what I'm not going to do is use your armor for the thing that God has for me to do because I don't want your results. I want God's results. Your results kept you stagnant. Your results kept you scared. Your results let this old boy talk about uh, Israel and our God and you didn't do anything. So forgive me if I don't want to do things the way that you do it, ma'am. I don't want to do things the way that you have done it, sir. I'm going to do it things the way that God called me to do it so I can get the results that God called for me to have. Do you understand that? The thing about being hidden is that the beauty of it, real talk, is that you always have the insight. And, and it's always going to be a competing force. Notice, just like David got the heads up on what Saul was trying to do, Saul was getting the heads up on what David was doing. And that's always going to be the case. It's always going to be competition in the spirit. It's always going to be what you can do, I can do better. That's just what Lucifer is about, right? But what you don't understand is that God will create emergencies, where people have to divert off your trail. God will create whatever he needs to create to protect his creation. He will put whatever he needs to put in place to protect his promise in you. You carry his promise. Don't you dare think that he's going to let just anybody carelessly fumble that. It's not going to happen. So my challenge to you is to pray different. Not God remove not God move that person, add this to me, change the situation. How about we just become a little bit more seasoned in our prayer life and just simply ask God, hide me. Hide me in your bosom where it's safe. Because in, even if it's in a cave, it's safe there. You give me ideas there. You speak to me. I don't care where you hide me. I still hear you. And so that comforts me. And so if, if, if I have to go ahead and hide this baby for three months, what I don't realize that you're doing is that you're giving me the insight on what to do with this baby's life after I can't hide him no more. It wasn't just that she had the baby today and then she was like, oh, let me go get a basket and some tar and let it float and this, that, and the third and do it at the right appointed coincidental time while the princess is taking a bath. No, Maybe being hidden, maybe hiding Moses for three months gave her enough time to strategize. Come on, Holy Spirit. Gave her enough time to say, you know what? How do I protect? Maybe she had to do a couple of test runs. Okay, you know what? I need to put a little bit more tar. Matter of fact, I don't need to put it on the inside because that didn't work. Maybe I need to go ahead and put it on the outside. Hold on. I'm starting to see that they come out here and they bathe. So you know what? If I come out here this time every day and she does this, then I know that she's doing this around this time. And now you're able to put the plot points together that this is when I need to 
go ahead and put him in the basket. That's how heavy he need to be. Maybe she was going ahead and put in fruit, trying to go ahead and balance how much he possibly would weigh. And if I push this, do I need to push it in that direction to get it right in alignment with the princess? Come on, you need to see the beauty in being hidden. Hidden allows you to be strategized. Hidden allows God to go ahead and put some people in there to support that. And hidden gives you enough time so that God fulfills his promise. Hide me, Lord. <laughs> Hide me, Lord. Hide me. With everything in me, all I can ask you is hide me. With everything in me, all I can ask you is hide me. He loves you enough that he will go ahead and say, you know what? Uh, looks like Pharaoh got too close to the uh, Israelites when they were trying to flee Egypt. So what he did is he said, you know what? I I'm going to do something that's never been done before. I'm going to split day and night in the same area. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and make it so dark here that they can't do nothing else but just stay stagnant until I move you. God will make other people, other things in the situations around you stagnant just so that you go ahead and have the advantage. He wants you to have the advantage. You already have the advantage because he's speaking to you. He's working through you and he's always going to put somebody to partner with you that knows exactly what needs to be done. Those nurses knew we're not throwing Moses in in the now river and when pharaoh asked us they already had their like read your bible they already had their sentence out packed they was like yo when he asked us let's just say the hebrew women are so strong they gave birth and we know without us even being here and so that's what we're gonna say okay and q the hebrew woman and they literally said the same thing <laughs> it's almost like it was scripted it's almost Jonathan's like brown kid daddy or not like I, I respect my elders and I was you know I do all the things because the bible says respect our mother and our father and our days will be long in the land so I get that but what I I can't let that respect override the fact that God has something for you you are supposed to be king so while I respect my father I got to protect my father's plan do you understand that hide me lord hide me hide me and I want you to feel the love and being hidden I want you to feel the protection and being hidden I want you to feel that it's an air pocket of take a deep breath no Pharaoh doesn't stop chasing right it just gave you enough advantage that you can go ahead and get closer to the Red Sea and I know that you hear him and now you're getting scared but it's okay you never seen what's about to happen before <laughs> you, no one actually has I'm about to go ahead and um split the Red Sea and you're going to be able to walk through it hide me Lord gives you the advantage to allow God to use you in a way that he's never done anything else before I know that it may be heavy I know that it may be a little too much. I know that it would be easier if you were to try to hide yourself. And I know that sometimes that may be the, you know, persuasion to just get up and go to this, you know, I need a vacation, whatever it is you're trying to escape. But I'm telling you that all of that is encompassed in that one statement. Hide me, Lord, because when he hides you, he fills you while you're hiding, you're still growing. While you're hiding, you're becoming strong in, in the spirit. He's giving you insight. He's aligning people for the purpose. 
all of it is working together for your good. It's almost like Romans 8.28 is really real. It's almost like what God says in the Bible really does come to light. It's almost like God literally has his hand on you. It's almost like when he said in Jeremiah 29.11 that he has a plan for you, for I know the plan that I have for you. It's almost like that's true as well. And so if he has all that, why don't you go ahead and just ask him, hide me? Because I know one thing hasn't changed. It's your promise for my life. And so if something is changing and it's feeling heavier, hide me so that this can still be fulfilled. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing things that I can't do in my own natural. I know that that's you. And while I thought I was just doing this for me and that you were just talking to me in the daytime, I I literally see that you doing a little bit more than, than I thought. But I love it. I love it. I love looking at things different. I love looking at situations with a new mindset. I love, no, I'm not being a coward because I want to be hidden. I'm, I'm actually being the wisest that I ever could be when I ask God to hide me. Because if Jesus did it, then it's about it. <laughs> I'm a gangster still for Christ. Okay, have a nice day. But guess what? I feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold you. You know what these conversations are? Right. They are life provoking conversations, conversations that not just any and everybody's going to have with you. But who? Very good. Your favorite homegirl. Mm-hmm. But listen, um, that lightness that you feel on your spirit now that I can literally feel through the phone. I want you to literally close your eyes and say thank you. Because all you needed this whole entire time was just a, a air pocket. You needed for God to hide you. You you needed the relief that no vacation, no vice, and no person can give you. So I literally want you to say thank you because now you know the answer. When you need a break, when you need to regroup, when you need to refocus, just say that one prayer. Hide me, Lord. And I guarantee you, he promises that he will make sure all things come together to work out for your good. Okay? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go on that note. And we'll talk later. Cool. Later.